Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Good morning, church. Oh, hey. Who's enjoyed the God Is series? Four of you. (laughs) Who's enjoyed the God Is series? It's my great pleasure to bring the last message in the God Is series, but before I do, there's such a heaviness that came with preparing this message. It's appropriate we commit the next 20 minutes to prayer. Is that okay? Let's do that. Father God, we commit this time together to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father God, as we close out this God Is series, I pray, Lord, that we would not just get intellectual learnings this morning, Father, but these words would fall into the souls and the spirits of the people in this house and online and whoever listens to this message afterwards, Father God, that there would be a prompting and a call to action, a call to do something today, Lord, that moves us out of the position we are in, Lord. God, you are calling us to greater things. Greater things are yet to come, Father. And in this time together, my prayer is that scales will fall from people's eyes and we will get new visions and new hopes and new dreams as you call us out of where we are today and into something greater than what we can even intellectually comprehend. We pray for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You know, church, I just want to honour Mason. And the reason being is I was supposed to speak on God is holy last week. And when I got God is holy, I was a little bit overwhelmed, I must confess. And Mace said, "Um, hey, bro, because that's what us Kiwis do. Hey, bro. He said, I really need to do a swap. Can you swap? And I'm thinking, yeah, what what are you doing? He said, God is calling, which is what I'll be speaking on today. I'm like... God is holy, is all yours, brother. You go for it. <laughs> but what an awesome job he did, eh? Let's put our hands together for Mason for last week. You know, when he spoke, I was going, wow. And I went up to him and I said, you were the man who needed to speak on that message today. But I also want to honour Wayne and Ruth as well, because Wayne brought the first message in this series called God is True. And then uh, Ruth brought God is Love. So if we stitch that together, we've got, there's an irrefutable proof that God exists, right? There's an authenticity that he is real. Amen? And then we, we got more irrefutable facts and truth that the basis of the sacrifice on the cross was love. We all believe that? We also learned that God is holy. Now, now, I don't know about you, when I think about something being holy, it feels a little bit far off, right? Like out of touch and out of reality. But the way Mace brought that message, it really resonated. So if we believe God is true, God is love, God is holy, then my question to you this morning is, what is God calling you to? What is God calling you to? Now that could be to something or to do something. But as I listened back over those messages, I thought, I can't sit here and do nothing God's calling you to something, or he's calling you to do something. Amen? 
So there is a call to action. And my prayer today is, and you know, we've heard so many messages and we hear messages about plans and purposes and, you know, God's calling you to do something and all the rest of it. Um, and, and intellectually we go, I get it, but nothing changes inside of us. I want this church to be God's operating room today. There's people in this house, myself included, who sometimes need to have some surgery by the Spirit to move us out of the position that we're stuck in. And you know the scary thing about this? Sometimes we don't even know we're stuck there. It's the boiling frog principle, right? I don't know if you're aware of that. Probably not so nice if you're French. But (laughs) they say... If we dropped a frog in a pot of boiling water, it would know about it. But if we put it in a pot of cold water and we boil it and heat it up slowly, it doesn't realize it and ultimately dies. Some of us are in positions where we understand and we hear messages about plans and purposes and we hear messages about promises, a yes and amen, and you're going to hear messages today about what we're called to or what we're called to do. And you're sitting there saying, I struggle to get out of bed in the morning. I'm living with a five-month-old. I am tired. (laughs) This child is the joy, this grandchild is the joy of my life. But she makes me tired. So, you know, I hear messages from preachers. I'm like, oh, amen, this is sensational. Oh, yes, I get it. I just need to sleep first. And some of us are like that today. Where we've, we've listened to, to all of this God is series and we get it, but it doesn't fall into our soul and our spirit. So nothing changes. Yeah. And I believe when we sit in church or we listen online and we listen to a message, I don't know about you, but as much as I love coming here, I don't come here to be entertained. I subscribe to Netflix and in fact, it's grown into every subscription service known to man in our house. But we've got more entertainment on our telly than you can imagine. I don't want to come here to be entertained. I want to come here for the Holy Spirit to do something in me that keeps me moving forward. Because you know what? The enemy likes to keep you distracted. The enemy likes to keep you tired. The enemy likes to keep you stuck in no man's land. You know why? Because he knows beyond irrefutable truth that God is true, God is love, God is holy, God is calling. And what does he do? He wants to keep you where you are, tired, exhausted, anxious, depressed. Because when you're there, it's very easy in our humanness to get stuck there. So when you hear messages about plans and purposes and callings and all the rest of it, you go, Lord, I get it. My mind gets it. But my hope and my desire this morning is that something falls into your soul and your spirit where you go, you know what? I hear it, but I get it. I really get it. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that for some of us this morning. Is that okay? Awesome. I'm I'm getting excited now. (laughs) So, you know, when we focus on this calling, I always like to start with a definition. And when I looked up the word calling, in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it states, And this is quite incredible. Listen to this. Look up calling. It says, calling is a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. Okay? This is the dictionary that people use, Christian or non-Christian. 
A strong inner impulse, not an intellectual understanding, a strong inner impulse. When you get a strong inner impulse, what do you do? You don't sit on it and do nothing. You move toward a particular course of action, doing, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. Holy Spirit, who loves that? Now, when I went on, there was about three or four different things. It also says it can be the characteristic cry of a female cat in heat, but we might leave that one in the dictionary. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm not making that up. The Hebrew word for call is kiara. It is a fairly complex word meaning to call out, to proclaim, to cry out, to invite, to commission, to appoint, or to give a name. God's call to us is an eternal one that encompasses and transcends our temporal activities, i.e. our intellect, into what he is calling us to do so we can't compartmentalize it somehow. So when we think about calling, there is an individual calling, but there's also a corporate calling. So my question to you again, and I want you to think about this, and you may not know the answer and that is okay, but by the time we leave here at four o'clock today, I'm kidding, (laughs) Ruth and Wayne have to catch a flight at three, so I promise you'll be up by then. But my hope and desire that you can answer this question a little bit, or there's a stirring in your spirit that makes you go looking for it. So what is God calling you to? or to do. Because as we've listened to these messages, there has to be a call to action. But as I mentioned, and it was amazing when we had the prayer meeting and Ruth asked Jess, what is your hope and desire for the worship this morning? And she said, as I've been preparing the song list and all the rest of it, I've had this pressed on my heart that chains be broken and lives be healed. And again, we intellectually get that, right? We can come to church and get that. But I really believe the Spirit wants that to happen this morning. And the first thing I want to say to you before we get into calling is, you are good enough. Some of you need to hear today that you are good enough. Some of us are feeling tired, overwhelmed with all that is going on in the world, disappointed in situations, grieving losses, missing loved ones, and the list goes on. These situations in the natural are very real, and I'm not seeking to dismiss how they feel. And like I said to you, we all have moments where we question God or we feel, yeah, yeah, I get the plan and purpose thing, Father, but man, I'm exhausted. Can you just help me get a bit motivated today? But I believe we need a fresh revelation this morning of who Jesus is. Because again, if we intellectually understand and spiritually understand that God sent his one and only son in love to die on a cross for your sins, if we understand that, and I think we do, then why are we sitting there going, I'm not good enough? Why do we dismiss that away so easily or perceivably so easily because we feel exhausted and downtrodden? You know what that is? That's the small voice inside our head that the enemy sends to tell you, stay where you are, you're okay. Why, why do you think you can be more than you are? Stay at your station. And I'm telling you this morning that you are good enough. And you can have a direct relationship with this God that is true, love, and holy because the price has been paid. Amen. There is nothing, nothing that you can do You can up your ties to 80% of your salary. It ain't going to help you. You can serve in every area of the church. And whilst we appreciate that, 
It's not going to get you any closer to God on its own. God sent his son to die on the cross because he wanted relationship with you. Because he loves you. Because you are good enough. I love the scripture here, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. It says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. It is a gift from God. And you know what I love about this? It is a gift that we are called to multiply, replicate, and give away. Amen? So we don't just get it and go, hallelujah, I've got my one-way ticket into heaven. I can go back to doing all the things that I'm doing. That's not how it works. Because there is a calling in that gift. There is an expectation that we do something. But again, I come back to, and I can see it on the looks of some of your faces. Believe me, I look that way often too. I'm tired. I get it, right? I'm working my tail off here. The interest rates are rising I can't afford to put the petrol in the car. I am overwhelmed by everything that's going in the world. You know what God is saying to you? I'm still calling you. He's saying, I still love you. You are still good enough. None of that noise changes what we're called to or what we're being called to do. Amen? Because, again, if we intellectualize our faith, then we will be put off track so quickly by the things that go on around us. But if we have a deep revelation in our soul and spirit of who God is, that stuff can go on around, but we stand strong in our faith. And even when challenges come, we stand up and go, your promises are yes and amen. And Holy Spirit, have your way. Enemy, you have no place here. Now I'm spitting. It's lucky there's nobody sitting here. Sorry, Nath. Um, but we, sometimes we need that revelation. Amen? Another favorite scripture I have is in John 10.10. 10. And I, sometimes we need to get hold of this because this is also a prompting to action. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some of us this morning don't feel like we're having life and having it to the full. And I need you to take this scripture, write it on your fridge, write it on a piece of paper on, on the fridge, maybe. It's up to you, write it on your fridge if you want. Um, but, but the point is, especially when we're feeling downtrodden, or especially when we're feeling like life is going really, really hard, we need to rise up in this scripture and recognize that there is an opposing force to the Holy Spirit, and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And you know where he starts? Up here. He starts with that small voice that says, you really think you can do that job? You really think you can be that person's friend and lift them out of the situation they're in? You really think you can be that person in your family? All of these things that go on inside our head and the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, get behind thee, Satan. Because the price has been paid. The blood has been shed. And the reason I'm, st I'm stuck on this a little bit here, because as we were talking about, there are chains that need to be broken today. Yeah. And there are lives that need to be healed. And I'm not maybe talking about radical healings. 
That is fantastic. But I'm talking about the stuff that happens in our minds and in our soul and our spirit and that small voice that gets in that takes you away from what God may be calling you to do. Because do you believe for one second the enemy wants you to reach your plan and purpose? Forget it. He wants to keep you in no man's land. He wants to keep you downtrodden, depressed, and away from what God has called you to do. And he can so easily do that because he'll send things that get inside our head. And we all have it, right? In my job, I suffer a lot on occasion from what they call imposter syndrome. I get to do things which blow my mind. It's only because of the work of Jesus in my life that I can do what I do in my job. But often I think, gosh, I hope people don't really find out who I am because sometimes I don't feel good enough. Do you think that's of God? Forget it. It's not. It's of the enemy. And my response should be, Holy Spirit, you are in me. Father God, you have opened this door. I will walk through confidently, maybe not knowing how I will do it, but if that door opens, I'm going. Some of us need to do that today. Amen. Some of us need to walk through the door that is open, not second guess why the thing is opened. The key is don't stand still. If you're stuck today, my hope and prayer is that through this and the whole God is series, and I encourage you to go back and listen to it, stitch them all together, because in isolation they're powerful. Put them all together and there will be an irrefutable proof that God is real, that he loves you, that he is holy, and that he is calling you out of the situation you're in to do something mighty in the world in his name. Every single one of you. You don't have to be personality plus and standing on the stage and playing a guitar or the best musician in the band, the bass player, or the bass player said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All the drummers are like, shut up. But you don't have to be doing that. You might be the person that welcomes visitors. You might be the person that makes the coffee. You might actually not even be serving in church, but you might be the person that on a Sunday morning simply says hello to somebody with a smile and that moves something in the foundation of their lives because they needed that in that moment. That's why we need to be moving forward in what God has called us to do. You may say, sure, I can say hello to someone. That won't have any impact. Let me tell you, in that person's life, it could have an impact. A simple hello, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I am, I'm really struggling. Oh, what are you struggling about? Da, 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 da. Can I pray for you? In that moment, how do you know God hasn't sent that person to you in that moment? And people may have been praying for that person and you open the door for them. Amen? You guys are awfully quiet this morning. I know it's cold outside, and when I first came to church, you know, I try to be a good Christian, but the lights were out and they were flashing. Who likes it when things don't go well? I'm slightly obsessive-compulsive, so the lights flashing don't work for me. I got a little bit angry. So I'm like, I probably should wait for that person to go through. Nah, they can wait. So I pull out, they all, anyway, it was all a bit of a mess, but it distracts completely, distracts completely from the message. Of course, I waved politely, said, God bless you, you go. Um, let's get serious now. <laughs> but are you with me about this getting stuck business? Because I didn't want to talk about a message on calling, recognizing in my heart, even for myself some days, we get stuck. And we need to consistently remind ourselves that the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life in the full. 
And sometimes we don't feel like we've got life in the full, but that doesn't change his promise that he said, you've got life and life in the full. It's here, just take it. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. Amen? Amen. Our primary calling, here it is. Our primary calling is to be in a personal relationship with God. How do we do that? Through faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that God has called un- calls us into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible gives us great examples on what we are being called to do. And what I love about these scriptural directions and what I love about God is whenever he restores us, he actually deals with us and makes us strong, makes us confident and moves us forward by not actually making it about us. He makes it about how he can use you and other people. Who loves the fact that God is an others-focused God? Awesome. Micah. 6 verse 8. There's a couple of gems in here. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? One, act justly. Two, love mercy. Three, walk humbly. To do justice, our actions reflect our beliefs. God wants his people to reflect his character. You know, there's this saying that's saying, um, many more people read the Bible every day and they don't even open the book. They read the Bible by looking at Christians. And so as Christians, we've got to consistently think about what is the character of Christ that we show as Christians? Now, we all fail, we all fall short and all the rest of it, right? And I probably didn't show Christ this morning at the lights. But we are called to show his character. We are to seek out and support the broken, liberate the oppressed and deliver the downtrodden. It starts with us. We are to seek out and support the broken, liberate the oppressed, and deliver the downtrodden. Some days we are broken, oppressed, and downtrodden. How the heck are we supposed to step out and seek other people and fix them when we need to do a work in ourselves first? We are to love kindness. Kindness demands that we live charitably, speak peaceably, and serve others passionately. Like the justice for God looks for kindness as a second-person quality, it requires us to be in relationship and fellowship with others. You know what? When you're feeling downtrodden and away from Christ, what is the one thing we do? We're like a turtle. We pull back into the shell. God's calling us out. He's calling us to step forward. No matter where you are today, he's calling you out to do something. You may be already feeling like you're living your plan and your purpose and your calling and life is great and you're on the mountaintops and that's fantastic. Don't stop because he may have something even greater for you. You may be at the opposite end of the spectrum where you are tired. You have been tired for years. You may have physical sickness and illness in your body. You may be feeling the way that that scripture talks about, but God is calling you. And the first thing he's doing is calling you to fall to your knees and spend time with him. Because that's where the restorative power of Jesus can work when we submit ourselves and say, yeah, this situation is real, not denying that, but I know through the sacrifice of Jesus that this is not where I need to be. Amen? Another way to think about what we are being called to do in our families, our communities, our world is by looking at the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if you're thinking about, well, what am I being called to do? 
There's plenty of guidance in that. Amen? Some of the stuff I look at and go, yeah, I think I'd do that not too bad. I think then I get to the whole gentleness and self-control thing and go, oh, Lord, you've got to continue to do a work in me. <laughs> John 13, 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's easy when we come to church with a community of believers, people who are aligned with our way of thinking or the way, to love each other, right? Not so easy to love people in our community who disagree with us or people in our workplace who rub us the wrong way. But the scripture is clear. A new command I give you. This is not a, hey, guys, if you get some time, can you guys do this? It's a command. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love that everyone will know that you are my disciples. Matthew 4.19. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Some of these scriptures, see what they don't, there's an action associated with this, right? He's calling you to. He's calling you to do something. And in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, I love this because after Jesus was crucified, they went to the tomb and he was not there. And then all the disciples went to the mountain in Galilee where he said, meet me there. And he says to them, the very first thing he says to them when he appears to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what are we called to do? We're called to exhibit all those characteristics in the Bible. But ultimately, when we accept Jesus in our life, we've got a gift that we're called to replicate, multiplicate, is that a word? Multiply and give away. Because it says here in the scripture, I will show you how to fish for people and we are to go and create disciples. And that's ultimately what I believe we're called to do. And that's ultimately why the restorative power of Jesus Christ in our lives should remind us every day that we are good enough. It should remind us every day that it doesn't matter what's happening to you. His love, his grace, his mercy, his authenticity, his truth, his holiness does not change. He is who he says he is yesterday, today and tomorrow. And therefore, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, whether you're in the valley or whether you're in the mountain. He says, I'm calling you to do something. And why? Because he says, I love you and I need you to love the person next to you, the person in your workplace, the person you live next to, the person you meet in church that you don't know, the person at the lights that you might have gave some expression to this morning. I need you to show Jesus to a broken world that needs it today. And you can guarantee if you're feeling overwhelmed by the circumstances of the world, so are other people around you. And you know what? If we think we can be less effective or more effective today as Christians, whilst we may feel more persecuted than we ever have, that creates opportunity for more effectiveness. Why? Because look around. Look around. The world needs people who are going to speak words of life. Amen? 
the world needs people who are going to stand up, not in a bigoted, pious, judgmental way, but who are going to stand up and say, you know what? Yeah, this is a storm, but follow me. Because Jesus said to the disciples in the boat when the storm was coming, what did he say to them? He said, where is your faith? And I believe he's saying that to us today. Where is your faith? What are we going to do, folks? What are, being, what are we being called to? What are we being called to do? It doesn't stay, say in the scripture, I've sent my son to die for you and now you've received that gift. Please stay at home and watch all the series of Bridgerton. It doesn't say, I want you to go into your workplace and carry on like nothing has changed. No, the great commission is, I will teach you to be fishers of men and I want you to go and create disciples. Some of us get really scared by that, right? Because we still have visions of corner preachers with Bibles, you know? But we're not being asked to go and stand outside Tiffany at Chadston and spread the gospel. We're just being asked to love people. We're just being asked to stand in the gap for people when they need it. That may be a meal. It may be money. It may be your time. But God's calling us to be generous in all things. Because there'll be people in your life that need it today. Again, some of you are sitting there saying, I need that today. My cry to you is if you are feeling downtrodden, anxious, tired, whatever, don't do it alone. We're not meant to do life alone. There's a God that loves you. A price has already been paid. Press into that. And I don't want to oversimplify the power of that. But there's people around you today that will love on you like never before. They may not even know what you're going through. Make a phone call. Because the enemy wants to keep you in the corner, cowering away from the goodness that God has got prepared for you. And you know what? The reason he wants to keep you there is because when you are there, your plan and purpose will never be fulfilled. But he's calling you out of that place today. Amen. So when we think about chains being broken and lives being healed, I mean, how many times do we hear that in church? Every week, Nelly, right? But we need it to fall into our soul and spirit that the power of God through the Holy Spirit, through the sacrifice that was made of Jesus on the cross is available to every person today. Then why do we dismiss it away so freely and stay where we are? Whoa, did he just say what I think he just said? Sometimes we do that, not intentionally, and I'm not being critical of anyone, but the enemy wants to keep you stuck there. Calling is an important idea in the scriptures, whether it be God calling people by his word or people calling on God through prayer. The helper in both these processes is the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, he who is called alongside to help. So let me ask you a question, and maybe a question you can marinate on and think about afterwards. What is God calling you to? Some of you will know. Some of you might not have a clue. That's okay, there's no judgment. Some days I think I know, some days I wouldn't have the foggiest. But I know God's calling me to keep moving forward. A journey of a thousand steps starts with the first step. And along that way, there'll be things that will happen, and you will question You know, where is God in all of this? There'll be hopes that are smashed, dreams that are unfulfilled, but God is still calling you, and he's calling you to keep moving forward. But I believe very simply this morning that God is true. God is love. God is holy. And God is calling.
He's calling us to do something, folks. He, he, you know, life is not where you are today. Even if you're the happiest chappy in the house. And I'm incredibly grateful for the life I have to live. But I'm like, the best is yet to come. I don't know what that looks like, but the best is yet to come. You know why? Because I never want to feel like I've arrived. I never want to be complacent in my faith. Because I'm pretty sure that around the next corner, there's going to be a situation, a person, something that's going to require me to walk into something that God has already equipped me for, that in my humanness, I won't even feel capable to do. And it'll be the same for you. But all we can do is keep our eyes on Jesus and press into what the Holy Spirit's put into our lives. So if the band can come, I just want to say to you, all of us are unique, special valued and loved all of us have a plan and purpose that is laid out before you all of us are being called to do something and all of us have a calling he's calling us he's calling us into relationship with him he made the way for us to have relationship with him through the birth life and sacrifice of his son on the cross Jesus Christ and then when Jesus ascended to heaven and left us with the Holy Spirit That's the same spirit that lives in us today that walked the earth all those centuries ago and has the same power then as he had all those years ago. Amen? He's calling us to do life with the spirit in partnership. He's calling us to be Jesus in our families, in our communities, in our world. And who knows, the world needs good news right now. And guess what? You have that good news. We need to get people off Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, and I'm probably showing how old I am now by not mentioning the platforms that are genuinely being looked at. But we have the good news. As Christians, we have the good news. And you do not need to beat people around the head with Scripture. Many of you will have been led to Christ. How? Through people that just loved on you at a time in life when you genuinely needed it. And they did it without any expectation of anything in return. Why? because they wanted to show Christ in your world. And that's who you could be today, because he's calling you to something. And it may be that you will do something that gets you the Nobel Peace Prize. It may be that you won't. It may be that this afternoon you will have a conversation with someone that will shift them foundationally out of the situation that they're in, just because you were the only person I've run into all week that said something nice to them. That's how powerful we can be. As Mason spoke last week on holy, uh, on holy, he spoke about Isaiah when he saw God in the temple, right? What was the first thing he said? I have unclean lips. Um, when I heard that, I'm like, I actually said to Mason afterwards, I said, can you believe it? He sees God revealed in his holiness. And the first thing he thinks about is the wrong things I've said. There was power in your tongue. We are in possession of a weapon of mass destruction. Use it wisely. And you know what? Through the effective use of our time, our generosity, our words, that's how we lead people to Christ. Amen. Who wants to do that today? Guys, we have to get over this wallowing sometimes in our own selfness because God has already paid the price. And I'm not minimizing where you may be or the way you're feeling, but God is calling you out of that today. And if you're in a place where you're feeling fantastic, guess what he's saying? Don't make camp there because I've got better things to come for you. Amen? I want to leave you with one final scripture. 
2 Peter 1 verse 10, I love this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. I'll read that again. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. In the natural, it says, if you are doing a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I believe that's what it's saying here in the spiritual. Find your calling. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. God is true. He is love. He is holy. And he's calling. All of this is available available to you freely today. Now what do we do with it? So let me ask you again. What is God calling you to? If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus and you've heard me rabbit on for the last 25 minutes and everyone's surprised I'm probably going to finish on time. But but if you'd heard me talk about this Jesus and God and all the rest of it and you don't know him, there's going to be a moment, a time and a moment for you to respond to that and Ruth will lead us in that. But if we can all close our eyes and bow our heads, I just want to spend time with a community of people in our house You've heard me talk about plans and purposes and callings and all the rest of it. But if you are one of those people who feels stuck in no man's land, if you are just tired, if you feel downtrodden, if you go, yeah, God, I intellectually understand all that stuff that Jared has spoken about, but I need something to get me out of this funk that I am stuck in. I just want you to raise your hand. No one's looking, every eye is closed. If that's you, you can put your hand up. You can put your hand up. If that's you, put your hand up. Because I believe the Holy Spirit has moved in our service today and he has something for you. He has something for you. He has something for you. We've got hands up all over the place. Let me just pray for you. I'll hand it back to Ruth in a minute. Father God, I pray for those people that may feel like they are away from this plan and purpose and this calling business, Lord. They've intellectually understood it, but they're going, Father God, I need something fresh Today, I need a move of the Holy Spirit in my life. I pray, Father, you would fall on them right now and move something in them. Holy Spirit, have your way today in the lives of those people that have lifted their hands, where they feel like they can't even move forward themselves, let alone stand in the gap for someone else, Father. I pray right now, Father God, Holy Spirit, fall on them. Let them walk out of here feeling different. Let them walk and you walk today. Let them talk and you talk today. Let them walk out of here different to the way they walked in. Father God, have your way in our lives. And if, you know, as, we're, as we're focused on stuff that's going on in the world, Lord, my hope and desire that always in focus is Jesus. Is always Jesus, God, be at the center of everything that we do, even in the storms of life. And you say to us, where is your faith? I just pray that God is in the center. Father God, lift those people up right now. Be with them, Lord, as they go into their Sunday and start their week. In Jesus' name, amen. What is God calling you to? We're called to do something. Amen. Have a great week. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.